Welcome to the Rebel Energy Podcast with me, your host, Jade Ellsbury. I'm a corporate dropout and multiple six-figure online business owner. My mission is to help you get out of the nine-to-five mindset and create a new narrative for moms working from home to gain more freedom, more income, and living your dream life by cultivating your own rebel energy. So grab a glass of wine, get comfy, and let's dig in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Energy. And this one is very, very special because out of all four seasons, I've never done this before. Um, We are doing a hot seat coaching today. So Sarah actually is one of my amazing clients that went through RSA and she is trying to get a few other things figured out after her 12 weeks. So I chose her because she is super motivated to get her business up and going. And I think a lot of you can relate to kind of where she's at in her business as well, too. So Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about what you do right now? Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you, Jade. So a little bit about myself. I'm married and I have three small kiddos of my own. They are seven, five and one and a half. And I also run a in-home daycare. So I was just looking at transitioning into becoming a virtual assistant and just relieving some of that stress with the in-home daycare and, you know, just limiting just down to like a few kids instead of having a whole house full. So I also needed just a little bit more flexibility in my schedule, you know, allowing me to take the kids like to and from school every day. So doing a daycare is kind of hard because it just doesn't allow a lot of flexibility. So that's kind of where I was at when I wanted to become a virtual assistant. And I had no idea like where to start or what to do or like how to learn these skills. So that's where you kind of came into play. Yeah, no, I love that so much. It's so funny to me because I always hear, you know, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know about the experience. And I think, too, in the DMs, you were kind of like, "Mm, is this something I can really do? And honestly, anyone can be a virtual assistant. I always say, like, what we do is not rocket science. And a lot of the things, like, skill set wise, I even taught myself as well. It's more so of, like, you know, how to sell yourself and the marketing and finding, you know, where the clients are and different things like that. So and that's obviously what we teach as well, too. But we work with a lot of women in the teaching, daycare, nursing, all that good stuff as well, too. So. Do you want to kind of like give us an update of currently where you're at right now in your virtual assistant business and who your ideal client currently is as well? Yeah. So my ideal client is like parenting and sleep consultants. I can just relate to that just from being like a pediatric nurse before I opened my own home daycare. Yeah. So where I'm at right now with my business is I just finished up with a client and I created an online course for her. And it was great. It was, you know, easy to learn. And she was awesome to work with. And then after I finished up with her, she asked me to um, do a little bit more work for her. And so it was something that I had never done before. And I figured it out. And it was great. And I was really glad that I was able to help her a little bit longer. Um, that's awesome. So currently I am looking for 
to add a couple more clients for the next couple of months and we'll just see how it goes. And I'm just out there talking to people and yeah. All right. Awesome. So for those of you listening, you guys know I always talk about like the money-making tasks. Sarah, obviously you went through RSIC, so you know about that as well too. So tell me what that has looked like for the last six weeks. Are you hitting those metrics? Are you offering sales calls? Like just kind of give me a little bit of an analysis on your business of like what's been going on, what you're hearing in the conversations, discovery calls, all that good stuff. I would say like the month of July was a little bit rough for me. I will admit I did have some family stuff come up. So I did have to, you know, take a step back from the business and just kind of deal with family. Yeah. Um, But since the end of July, like, you know, I've been trying to push out at least 20 to 30 messages a day. And I would probably only get maybe seven to 10 people that would respond. So, you know, it's just, if you want more people to respond, then you need to send out like more messages, you know, just keep increasing it. Like for instance, like this morning, um, before our call, I sent out 10 messages. Yeah, so you can really do like super quickly as well too. <laughs> like once you kind of get the hang of it, I know for like new VAs, um, when they start, so they're like, oh my gosh, it's taking me so long. I'm like, yes. But once you just like get into it, it becomes second nature. Honestly, yes. too, from what I actually went and looked at compared to my other months, July, usually the last couple of years, even like in my coaching business, it's always just a little bit slower. And so the great thing about the longer you're in business you kind of start to realize different trends. So like usually May, June, pretty standard. July dips down a bit. And then usually August, September are our biggest months. And it's been like that. So once you kind of get to know your ideal client as well too, right? Like usually it's moms for me. So a lot of times, right? Like July, we're like celebrating, we're going on vacations. And then August, September, our kiddos are going back to school and different things like that too. So you'll get that way as well too, Sarah, where you kind of start to, you know, after years, you'll be like, okay, you know, you can just kind of prepare of like, okay, summer's usually a little bit slower, you know, whatever. So don't feel bad about that. But 20 to 30 messages a day, that's great. And I would say even if you're doing 30 a day and you're getting 10 people to message back, that's 30%. So that's something else too that you guys can start to look at with your lead generation of like, okay, I'm bringing in 30 people every day for the last six weeks. Like if you keep doing that, you'll be fully booked out. But then, you know, ebbs and flows the business too. Like usually, right, we do about 200 new leads a week in my business. And from that, we're able to get like five to six clients a week. So if for whatever reason, if that number was to dip down to like two or three, then we just know for the next few weeks, we need to do more lead generation just because things are going a little bit slower. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, awesome. If you are ready to have Rebel Energy and launch your virtual assistant business, then head over to basictobookedout.com to get started. Tell me how many discovery calls have you had in the last four weeks? I've had two. Two. Okay, and when you're on those discovery calls, tell me a little bit about like how they went, how they ended objections, all that great stuff. Like, for instance, one really stuck out in my mind. It sounded like she needed a lot of help, like just overall. Yeah. And then she also mentioned like during our call that she has like three other virtual assistants. So I was trying to figure out like, like what exactly she needed me for. Yeah. You know, like what are 
her other three virtual assistants doing to help her? Because, you know, she could cut it down, you know, just maybe have two virtual assistants, but, you know, maybe put a little bit more work on them if their schedule allows. Before you had the call with her, tell me about that. Was she a lead that you found? Did she reach out to you? She reached out to me. Okay. And when she reached out to you and you guys were in the DMs, like, what was that conversation like? Did she tell you, like, specifically what she was looking for or anything like that? She said that she wanted someone to help her with, like, newsletters and, like, making them and writing them and kind of, like, promoting her business a little bit more. Okay. And for promoting, was that going to involve, like, any social media or was it just newsletters that were going to go out to her email list? Just go out to her email list. Okay. How many newsletters was she wanting to go out a week? She did not say. Okay. Gotcha. So usually for something like that, right, like in RSA, we say don't bring on anyone that's going to have less than five hours of work a week. So, you know, if she was only going to have like a weekly newsletter, that's not enough to be on your 20-hour month package. I see that a lot with people that do graphics as well, too. They're like, oh, they hired me just to do graphics. Okay. Are they going to need so many graphics that it's going to fill up five hours a week? Probably not. So that to me is something that's kind of, I think before getting on a call just for future notice, I would say, hey, here, you know, here's my lowest package. Like, I'd love to get on a call with you. Kind of look at your business, what we've already got going and see if there's anything else that we can implement into the marketing piece as well, too, just to kind of promote, like sell your smallest package to her. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Awesome. And so then she reached out to you. You Did you nurture her a bit or did you just offer her a discovery call? I talked to her a little bit and then I did offer her a discovery call just because sometimes it's easier just to get them to talk to you because then you can just ask them more questions and they can explain it better than, you know, just talking in the DMs. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I agree 100%. And obviously she showed up for the call as well too. And so that's what I always say. When someone reaches out to you, in your virtual assistant business and you did it perfectly, it's always great just to have a little bit conversation with them. That way there's more emotional attachment, if you will. One thing I see a lot of VAs do is they get so excited and they're like, okay, let's get in a call. And you know, if that person does show up for the call, they're not a great fit because they didn't know anything about them to begin with. Or a lot of times they end up, they won't show up for the call at all because they don't have that connection, right? Like they don't have that rapport built with you. So it's, it's not a big deal to them if they do blow you off, if that makes sense. So anyways, I want to show that for our audience really quick. But okay, so how did the discovery call with her end? And like, what was kind of the conclusion or business plan that you guys came up with when you were on the call with her? The business plan was we were going to start her out at five hours a week. Okay. And I was going to help her with the newsletters and a little bit of lead generation. Perfect. And then... She also said that she needed to talk with her business partner, which was kind of a shock to me because I didn't even know, like, she had a business partner. So I guess on the call, I should have probably just called her out and, you know, said, like, if you are going to hire a VA, like, that's something that she should have discussed with her partner prior. And I hear that excuse a lot. Like, I know with our RSA clients... I hear that. And you're exactly right, too. Of Like, yeah, calling her out. I love that. But 
you could have said something and I'm just going to pretend like you are her right now. I'd be like, oh, okay, Sarah. So I know that you're a really busy person. You know that I'm really busy. We're both business owners. Why did you not have that conversation beforehand? So that way we're not wasting each other's times. So sometimes too, you can kind of call them out and they're like, oh, well, I did, but I didn't want to make the final decision or, you know, different things like that as well too. Because a lot of times they'll kind of make up an excuse so that way they don't hurt your feelings, if that makes sense. Um, and so a lot of times you can kind of like call, and again, like what you said, call them out or kind of peel back those layers of like, why? Why did you not have this conversation before? Usually they probably did, but maybe it's like your price point. So usually if you just ask more questions, it peels back the layers and you actually get down to the core reason why they didn't want to book with you. So one thing, and maybe you did do this, Sarah, but one thing I would have done as well too, like, hey, no worries. What if we schedule a follow-up call? Have your business partner on there on the call as well too. So we can kind of walk through that together. Or even to grab a deposit on there as well too. Like, hey, I've got three more discovery calls booked for this week, even if you don't. What if you put down a $100 deposit? That way, if you guys decide not to move forward with me, that no worries, we can get that refund over to you. Otherwise, if you do then I can save this, you know, five-hour spot for you. So anyways, that's what I would have done. But how did that call end with her? Basically, the call ended just, you know, that she needed to talk to her business partner. And during the call, I did give her a few more ideas on, like, how I could help her in her business. But I said, you know, that she could just start out at five hours per week. And let's say, like, a month or two later, like, if she needs for me to like do more things for her to help her, then yeah. we can increase those hours. So, and I just kind of showed her like what that would look like as well. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. And I love that too. Sometimes like paying that bigger picture and, and telling them some different things that you could like implement as well too. And I know a lot of times VAs are like, oh, I don't want to like give it all away or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're not hiring you. I mean, maybe, right. Like depending on what their niche is. They may not know how to do it, but the majority of the time with virtual assistants, we are hiring you because we don't have the time to do it, not because we don't know how to do it. So usually like walking them through, giving them some different tips and things like that, they're not going to not hire you. But like, oh, I saw this free information. It's more so like, I don't, I don't have the time to do that. Okay. Now I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit here. Okay. But I'm doing it for the listeners as well too. Okay. Now, I know in RSA, we always say, don't get off a discovery call without a follow-up call or a payment. So tell me kind of, and like, let's be totally transparent here too. What do you feel like kept you from offering that follow-up call with her and her business partner? We actually did discuss about chatting. I think the call was like on a Friday. And so I think we said we would chat on Monday. She said that she would message me on Monday. So it was just in the DMs. And then that's when, you know, she said in the DMs, which I I would have preferred just to hop on a call, but she said in the DMs that she just can't add another VA right now. But she said, you know, to check back with her in like maybe two months. Oh, Lordy. That's so annoying. Okay. So did you offer her the call and then she was like, oh, no, let's just try the DMs? Or did she just say, oh, no, we're just going to go the DMs? I did not offer her a call. You, she have to, you have to do that. You have to. 
Because not only, right, and at the end of the day, too, if she would have turned around, like, no, I don't want to get on a call with you, I'll just talk to you in the DMs. Like, that right there is your answer that she's not serious. But also, too, you have to remember that, like, we are entrusting, you know, virtual assistant. And I say we as, like, coaches or, you know, online business owners, things like that, people that are looking to bring on a VA, it's your job to walk us through, like, what the next step is, okay? So kind of think like a parent and a child, right? Like, children feel more secure when they are kind of led to, like, the next decision or, like, the right decision or have, like, that that strong parental structure. Same thing with business as well, too. And I know a lot of VAs have the mindset of, like, oh, I don't want to be bitchy or I don't want to be bossy. No, it's your business. Say, hey, no worries, Sarah. I know today's Friday. Let's go ahead and get a follow-up call booked in. I love to have your business partner hop on as well too so we can all three talk about this together. Now, one lesson that you've probably learned from this as well too is when you're in the DMs, since again, like this is something that you came across, ask them before getting on a discovery call. Is there anyone else that is a part of the decision-making process? Because if you ask them like, oh yeah, my business partner or maybe my husband, that's going to eliminate an excuse for that. Because if you would have said that in the DMs and then you got on the call with her and she didn't show up, you know, you could say like, hey, where's your business partner? Okay, well, let's, oh, she had an emergency. Let's wait and reschedule until your business partner can hop on. Or, and again, too, that way they don't have that, Bull, which to me, it's bullshit, right? Like, why are you wasting my time with a 30-minute fucking call without your business partner? To me, there was, like, that's a bullshit excuse. There's something underlying that is there. And if you guys have applied for RSA as well, too, you guys have seen mine where we literally ask you, is there anyone else a part of the decision-making process? Because that's something that we get all the time, too, of like, oh, my husband or oh, my partner or, you know, my mom's going to pay for it or whatever, we need to know that beforehand we get on the call as well, too. So, Sarah, what are your thoughts on all of that? No, you are exactly right. Like, 100%. So, I'm not, like, a phone call person. So, like, the whole talking to people and doing Zoom calls with them and stuff is something new for me. Yeah, which, yeah. You know, it has definitely helped me a lot. And I need to be more, uh, I don't know the right word. Assertive? Not, like, pushy. But, yeah, I need to be more assertive. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and again, too, it's just like, you guys see that meme where it's like, you know, my my young daughter, little girl is not bossy. She's a leader. Right. And I think, too, as like females, we've always been told that, like, I remember, you know, in school time, well, you talk too much or you're too bossy or whatever. And it's like, no, like maybe I'm outgoing or and I think a lot of times, like as females, we get labeled. And so then when we do start our businesses, we kind of in the like our subconscious is telling us like talk less or be more submissive or whatever it is and things like that too. So again, Sarah, I'm not calling you out. I'm like, oh my God, like <laughs> you suck. But honestly too, it's a lesson learned. And yeah, I'd be fully transparent. What I just told you about asking if there's anyone else in the decision-making process, I've had that in my coaching business. That's actually not something that that we've taught in RSA. Because my first three years of coaching, that wasn't a thing. That wasn't an excuse. And now, for whatever reason, the last few months, I've been hearing that so much. So again, the online space ebbs and flows as well, too. So 
as things start to change like that, we start to implement that as well, too. And so that's something that like we're working on in RSA with my co-coaches right now to start to implement. So that way, again, like you guys just have a better idea of like how to handle that when it comes up. So anyways, I don't want to like fully focus on like the discovery calls, but I wanted to walk you through what we can do differently the next time. So again, now you know. And then honestly, in the next couple months when you check in with her, I would just automatically offer her a call. Any difficult conversations that you need to have, anything like that, where like they're on the fence, you never really want to talk about like money in the DMs. So like even people that want to join RSA, we don't really talk about money in the DMs. So if they're on the fence, like, oh, I'm not really quite sure. I don't have the funds right now. Hey, no worries. Let's hop in a quick 15-minute follow-up call. Let's see what we can figure out together versus in the DMs. So that's something else too. Just always offer a quick 10 to 15-minute call with any, you know, anyone that you've had a discovery call with previously. Okay, tell me about the second discovery call that you had. The second one, it was creating a website. Okay. So more of like a project, like a smaller project, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. And do you know what like platform she was wanting to use with the website? Um, She wasn't quite sure. She was looking into the system IO. Okay. And then how did you find her? On Instagram. And you found her, correct? Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so tell me a little bit about that conversation and like how you pivoted in the business and like offering her the call as well. Um, I chatted with her for a while in the DMs and then I finally offered her a discovery call. And so we hopped on a call and the call, it went, well, I would say it went pretty well for the most part, but she just, she's kind of hesitant on basically outsourcing and she wasn't sure if she would be able to have the funds to pay for a virtual assistant to help her. So did you ask her if she wasn't sure about the funds? Like, why did she get on the call then? No, I did not. I should have, though. Yeah. So a lot of times what I've experienced, even when I was a virtual assistant as well, too, entrepreneurs were a weird type of breed. Okay. Like, let's just admit it, right? We want more. We love the endorphin rush, like all this stuff. So recently... I actually got diagnosed with ADHD and looking back at like as a child, right? Like talking during class and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that makes sense. One thing that confused me though, because my fiance also has ADHD. So his is more physical. Women's are usually more like inattentive, right? Like, so physically they're all over the place. Um, entrepreneurs in our brain, like for women, we're in our heads all over the place. Does that sound kind of familiar, Sarah? <laughs> Yes. Not totally. saying you have ADHD, right? But we always want more. And we're like, oh my God, like I like for me, I want a book. I want a podcast. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so I think a lot of times entrepreneurs get so excited and in their head, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. They kind of put the, what is that thing? We put the heart, the horse before the cart, right? So like, oh, I want to do this and this and this. And then when they get a call to virtual assistant, it kind of like reality kind of hits them like, oh fuck, like didn't think about that or, you know, whatever. So one thing that I would say with this call, Sarah, like from what it sounds like, I would have asked her, hey, I know that you're really busy. You can kind of implement some things that she told you in the DM. So maybe she was trying to create a course or something passive to put her website through, whatever. I know you're really busy trying to get this new program launched or, you know, hit a 50K month, whatever it is. 
why did you want to get on a call with me today if you weren't sure about a budget? And usually they'll be like, oh, well, I do have a budget or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So walk me through that a little bit. When you gave her the price for this website, like what was her reaction or like initial response? She just said, oh, okay. I, I think she was kind of like surprised for it. I don't know if she like did any research like prior to like what a website like would cost her. Because I just I know like websites overall can get kind of pricey on how you do it and how many pages you want and stuff like that. So, you know, she said, you know, I just I can't afford that right now. And um, but when I'm ready, then I'll reach back out to you. And um, we just we kind of ended the call. But I have been, you know, just still like kind of chatting with her, checking in with her every once in a while just to show her like, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of different things that um, I would definitely recommend for next time is like, like, oh, okay, I can't afford that right now. Okay, well, what does your budget look like? And and kind of work with her on that. So what was the quote that you gave her, if you don't mind me asking? It was, uh, I think, around a thousand. Um, that's not bad at all. When I got my templates for my website. She just created templates. I chose a template. Um, so if you guys go look at my website, <laughs> you can see it. Um, but it was like connected through my Kajabi. That was $750. And again, that was just the template. So like a done-for-you template. So that wasn't even the cost. So I think in all, and then with the copywriting, the copywriting was a little, I think that was $2,200 plus $750. I don't remember what I paid my tech fee to actually insert it. That was about three grand. So I think you giving her a thousand like is not like that's ridiculous. Like she's not she's not going to find a website really for for less than that as well, too. So, again, ask more questions um, because, too, if you just say like if you just kind of shut down like, oh, I can't afford it. It also kind of seems like almost like you're kind, I don't want to say like inexperienced, but like you don't have that serving heart, right? And I think a lot of times people think that if they like try to help someone through like the pricing objection, again, like they're being pushy. Is that kind of like how you were feeling? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, like I want to ask her a bunch of questions, but I also don't want to come across as like pushy either. You know, and there's sometimes too with like certain people like in the DMs, right? Like there are certain people that like I like I we have a great rapport bill. I know they're not gonna take it the wrong way. Um, but there's other people too. So like honestly, even when I'm on sales calls, when I used to do sales calls or even the DMs, like talking to people that we've already done, I you know, I don't talk about pricing unless we've already done a call before. I just like let them know that. Like there was someone that was wanting to do Skittle Summit, she went through RSA. Um, they have a lot of medical bills like stacked up. Her husband was really, really ill. Um, and I was like, hey, like, just so you know, I'm like, I'm not trying to be pushy. I was like, are you open to us like figuring out a solution and a payment option together that we both feel good about? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. And I like gave her two different, different payment options and things like that. So I think if you switch your mindset to, oh, I don't want to be pushy versus because like at the end of the day, virtual assistants, we're in 
we're we're in customer service, right? And so if you don't try to like help them with where they're at, you're doing them a disservice. So like I know a website's a little bit more difficult, right? Because like she wants a website, but depending on like what she wanted the website for, you could say, hey, what if right now, like let's just pretend, which is ridiculous. I hope no one that wants a full done website says $300 is their fucking budget. But let's just say that her, her yeah. budget was $300. You say, hey, what if we like set up your domain name right now? Or maybe just like the homepage. I know you're just wanting to launch this right now. What if we just go and do this, right? Because at the end of the day, $300 for, you know, maybe a couple hours of work is better than zero, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. So any questions on like those discovery calls or implementing or how to implement any of the stuff that we talked about? No, no questions. And yeah, I just, I need to take your advice and just be more assertive. Yeah. And again, too, I don't mean to be like super critical. Like you guys know, my coach gave me everything that I needed to do and I didn't do it. And it all stemmed from my mindset. So my mindset has literally, I would say, honestly, I didn't feel 100% comfortable in my business. <laughs> like even like offering calls or talking to people with DMs tells about a year and a half into coaching. And remember, I worked as a VA for like a year and a half before that. So it took me a long time. And it doesn't mean, right, like I wasn't making small steps, but I'm saying like a total 180. It it took that amount of time for sure. So I would just say like keep working on your mindset piece of it. Okay. Now the next thing I want to talk about, tell me a little bit about what you're experiencing right now with the parenting and the sleep consultants because I think we talked about in the DMs a little bit last week about how it's just been kind of a difficult niche so tell me a little bit about that yeah I know a couple times like during RSA um, which my coach was amazing on how to work around it there was times when I would go to search like certain hashtags um, on Instagram to find these coaches and sometimes I would not be able to find people that had enough followers in order for me to reach out to them or, you know, like their business wasn't quite established enough. Yeah. So I would have to change up the hashtag. And so I spent a lot of time like trying to change the hashtag in order to find these parenting and sleep coaches out there. No, so when you would just type their name in like right here. And for those of you listening, I've got my Instagram up right now. Like if you were to type in sleep coaches, like what did you find when you would do that? I found like usually a lot of the followers were either like 200 or 500 or they would have like 20,000 followers. So it was either they were like super small or they had a ton. Yeah. Now the ones that had two or 20,000 followers, did you go search? under their followers for other sleep consultants? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um, So one thing too, and I know we talked about the DMs as well, is that parenting and sleep coaches, right? Because I'm always like online businesses. But there are some online businesses that are just a little bit more difficult. And obviously you wouldn't know that, right? But I know that after coaching for, you know, three, four years, 
because I the the clients that I've had, like even I know Kylie, that was her niche as well too. It was just one of those things that was like really difficult for her. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with who the sleep coaches IDO clients usually are as well too. So you've been within that niche for what, about four months now? And it's kind of been slow going. So what are your thoughts with moving forward? Are you wanting to pivot your ideal client? Do you have a, like, are you totally want to pivot? Are you wanting to get more specific with who you're wanting to work with? Tell me about that. So I've actually started to pivot a little bit. Um, I've been looking into, and I've actually talked to a few people um, on lifestyle and health like coaching or fitness coaching right or fitness coaching okay so i would say and lifestyle is one of those things too like when you first said like said lifestyle and correct me if i'm wrong i mean obviously everyone's mind's gonna go to something a little bit different it's kind of like when people say i want to work with creatives i automatically go to like artists right where like other people might go to something different when you said lifestyle I was thinking more of like um oh like Nicole Huntsman someone who I love but she does like she's always got like the perfect hair and makeup and she's a boy mom like kind of more of just those like YouTube people does that make sense and then yeah. health and fitness so I would say with that like healthy lifestyle yeah I would just make sure you're a little bit more like, here's one that's like laptop lifestyle, but she's like a business coach. So I would pivot more like for keywords within that. I would pick either like the health or the fitness or the nutrition or something a little bit more specific. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So tell me about, and you don't, I don't even want you to like put a label on it. I just want you to kind of tell me what attracts you to that health and fitness. Like, just give me some different, like, keywords or things that you like why you're attracted to that niche um just from like doing the little bit of research on that niche um some of the coaches they have they work with like moms that are prenatal and postnatal so like that is something that I can relate to so I just I know like you know obviously pregnancy and having kids like it, it can take a toll on your body yeah. Okay. So you're still kind of wanting to do working within that parental niche, but just more of like the health and fitness. Yes. Now the people that you are looking at, do they talk more so about just the eating? Is it more about like how to get your body in shape, like during pregnancy and after pregnancy? Is it more of like the mental health of like postpartum depression and anxiety? They mainly are talking about like workouts that you can do like you know pre and postnatal and then also like healthy lifestyle eating okay i love that okay this is what i would do i would focus primarily on fitness coaches like be more broad but obviously within fitness coaches is the pre and the postnatal i would say because you're going to be pivoting you and i both know right? Like fitness coaches, the characteristic, which I think a lot of people confuse, like there's niche and then there's like characteristics, right? So when people are like, oh, I want to work with mompreneurs, like 
I'm a mompreneur, but I'm also a VA coach. Like that doesn't tell me that could be anyone, right? That could be someone that owns like a landscaping business, but she's also a mom. Like that's not going to tell me anything. So I would say with this, I would be more broad, Sarah, and say you work with fitness coaches, but then talk more so to the pre and postnatal. So that way, when you are putting out content, right, it's obviously going to be speaking more so to the mamas who are working with other mamas during pre and postnatal. But then that way, too, you're not pigeonholing yourself. So that way, if a fitness coach does come across your page, like let's say through a hashtag or something, and they're needing you, they're not like, oh, I'm not a mom or, or, you know, I'm a fitness coach, but I'm not a mom or, you know, I don't focus just postly on pre and, and postnatal because what's going to end up happening is like as you build up your clientele and your audience, then you can slowly start to market just to the pre and postnatal. But you're going to be able to do that because you have that that rapport built with your audience. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. OK, so I would start off a little bit more broad of saying you work with fitness coaches and, you know, you can talk with fitness coaches, too, that maybe aren't just pre and postnatal, but I would make sure probably about 60 to 70 percent of people that you are talking to are pre and postnatal. But then in your I help statement, you would say, like, I help female fitness coaches if that's what you're wanting to do, or maybe even just fitness coaches as well, too. And then figure out specifically what it is exactly that they're needing help with. Okay. Also, too, that was my niche as well, too. So I can say without a doubt, I think you're going to have a lot more mm -hmm. luck within that. Now, if anyone listening is like, well, I work with like parenting coaches or, well, I want to. I'm not saying that it is impossible to work with them. But I know Sarah like really wants to go full time in her VA business. So that's when we'll start to ask you passion versus profit. So, you know, like where does your passion lie? Like, are you willing to, you know, maybe wait six to 12 months before you get fully booked out? Or are you needing the profit right now? Which I think for you, Sarah, it's more of like, hey, let's get the profit coming in. Yes. And then we can like be more specific. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. I know we've only got a little bit of time left. Also, too, I know we were saying it was be 30 minutes, but it's been so long since I've done like any coaching. <laughs> I'm like, I love, I like, I'm I'm loving it. So I'm sorry if anyone, I know usually people tune out after like 20 or 30 minutes. So I apologize, guys. But I also know too for a lot of our listeners, like they're needing all this. And I hope you guys are taking notes as well, too. So before we wrap up the call, Sarah. Tell me like any last like thoughts, questions, business plan, anything that you're needing help with. I would say like really my plan is just to keep talking to people and, you know, pivoting a little bit and yeah, hopefully, you know, in a month or two, I'll just be booked out. Yes, definitely. And also too, like you know exactly like what you need to do. And I think too, like some people, and maybe this is how you're feeling right now, feel free to let me know. When you go to pivot, you just kind of feel like you're starting all over. But that's not the case. Because when you were doing market research before, right, like you were doing something totally new and different. And, you know, you were learning so much. Now market research is going to be so much quicker and easier for you because you've already done it before. 
you know the steps, you have way more confidence. You're already, you've worked through a ton of mindset shifts, which I know because Emily told me that. So you're going to be able to get this market research done a lot more quickly. Also too, you know that there's really not a difference between market research and trying to land a client, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be having conversations anyways. So I'm going to quickly give you a business plan of like what I want you to start to do and implement, Sarah. Okay. So okay. I want you to get at least 50 IDO clients or new leads per week, which is going to be obviously fitness coaches. All right. Um, and honestly, just have conversations with them. Like, because right now, yes, you're going to be taking notes, right? Of like market research, but also too, you're trying to get a client right now. And because you've worked with the client previously, that's going to be great because you can hop on your stories and talk about that. So even if you've only ever had one client, you can still hop on your stories and like, hey guys, this is something that I did with one of my clients, right? <laughs> no one needs to know exactly how many clients you've worked with or whatever. So you can actually market that, Sarah. Have you got a testimonial from that client yet? Yes. And I posted it on my story. It was over the weekend. I want I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. Did she do a video testimonial or a written testimonial? A written one. Okay. I would ask her to do a video, like a one, two minute video testimonial as well, too. And then also to get a headshot from her. So that way, the more transparent you can be, because Obviously, I know you're an honest person, Sarah, but I know for some people are like, okay, um, is this a real person? So like, that's why on my Instagram stories, when I do the sticky notes, right? I always like tag, as long as they've got an Instagram handle, I always tag the actual person. So that way they know it's like a real person. So when you guys are getting a written testimonial, that's great. Ask for a headshot too. So that way it's okay. Not just Brianna, it's Brianna and this is her face, right? Um, obviously yeah. video testimonials are gonna be better too. That way as well too, then you can just like repurpose it. So then now you've got a video that you can repurpose. You can make a reel, you can put on Instagram stories, you've gotten written one, all that great stuff as well too. Um, and then I also want you to hop on IG stories every single day, which I know you already know, and give like an educational. Okay. So like the three quick tips is great. So what you're going to be doing, Sarah, as you are getting um, feedback from people, I don't want you to change your I help statement until like basically you've got all the market research done. But remember, your number one priority right now is getting another client. So as you have those conversations and all that great stuff, let's say you were talking to a fitness coach in the DMs and she's like, nope, like I don't, I want to do it all myself. Boom, right there. That's an objection. Hop on your stories and talk about that. Say fitness coaches. I know a lot of times I hear from you guys. And even if it's one person that says it, Sarah, still feel free to talk about it because it's an objection and it's a common objection about hiring a VA. So I know we talk about like being specific in your market research. Yes. But objections usually um, are very, very common, right? Especially with hiring a VA. They're scared to outsource. They want to do it themselves. They don't, you know, the financial aspect. Those are things you can always talk about as they pop up. Um, so hop in your stories. I'm like, guys, I know fitness coaches always are wanting to do it themselves. But here's three reasons why you actually need to hire a VA sooner rather than later, right? And like, number one, we're actually going to help you get to your goals a lot more quickly, blah, 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 blah. So as you're hearing those objections every single day in the DMs, talk about them on your Instagram stories. Like, let that be an inspiration to you. Um, my Instagram stories, I literally talk about whatever I'm hearing in the DMs that day. 
So same for you, Sarah. I think that's going to help a lot if you're doing the blanket objection handling on Instagram stories. So any questions about that? No. And yeah, I've actually done that before. Like in this DM, you know, someone told me that they can't afford a VA. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, and that's just something that you're always going to hear as well, too. So um, it doesn't always have to be like tips and, you know, different things like that. It can be objection. That's what I meant by feedback. I was like, where did feedback come from? That doesn't make any sense. Create content as you go for now, really targeting the fitness coaches as well, too. So I would say that, yeah, I don't want you to feel like you're starting from scratch. No, we're just pivoting. Um, so as you are getting the market research, um, like start to create content and different things like that, really targeting the fitness coaches. And then once you feel like you have a really good grasp on the FPGs, the fears, pains, and goals of fitness coaches, then I want you to redo your I help statement. So since you obviously are in rock solid connections, I want you, that's my alumni, if you will, group, Facebook group for past RSA clients. I want you to keep me and Emily updated in there. So as you maybe create your I help statement, throw it in there. Your three brand pillars, throw it in there. If you have all of your marker research organized, put that in there as well too. That way we can kind of help guide you through this business plan that we just created together. Okay, Sarah? Okay. All right, awesome. Uh, anything else that you want to add into that or any other questions that you have? No, it's just RSA has been awesome. It was definitely well worth it. Oh, I love hearing that, Sarah, so, so, so much. And honestly, too, guys, for those of you listening, right, like, obviously, for marketing, it we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, look at this client. Look at these wins. And, you know, a vast majority of our clients get amazing wins. Like, I know Sarah had so many mindset wins. She got a client in um, Rock Solid Academy, all that great stuff as well, too. But I want you guys to know that it's totally okay to leave a one-on-one -on -one coaching program not fully where you want to be at. If you guys really think about it, okay, let's say a teaching degree. That takes four years to learn how to be a teacher. And I think a lot of times, right, because you're paying a lot of money up front for a one-on-one -on -one coaching program, we're like, okay, we need to be fully booked out in 12 weeks. Does that happen for a lot of people? Yes. But I know for me, during my 12 weeks working with my VA coach, I just had referrals. I had it easy. I didn't implement because I was an idiot. I didn't implement anything that my coach was telling me to do until I lost all my clientele as well. And so what I love about Sarah is she trusted the process. She showed up, but you you had a lot of different like mindset things and not like, you know, all negative, but like trying to learn how to be a business owner and how to market yourself and then learning discovery calls and then setting up the back end of your business and your skill set and your niche. Like that's a freaking shitload to consume in 12 weeks. And everyone learns at a different pace. Um, maybe you're stubborn like me and you're not going to listen to your fucking coach during the 12 weeks. <laughs> so at the end of the program, you're like basically starting over, different things like that too. And so what I love about Sarah, she trusted the process. She showed up and she has not given up either. So I was super thrilled to do this call with her. And I know, Sarah, you're going to be exactly where you want to be before the end of the year for sure as well too. Your success is inevitable. So Thank you so, so much, Sarah, for doing this call. I appreciate it. Also, too, if people want to follow you and watch your journey, Sarah, what is your Instagram handle? It is your VA Sarah 5 
at Instagram. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I'll also make sure to, Sarah, after this, send me a DM. I mean, I know I have it, but I'll forget. Send me your Instagram handle. We'll put that in the link as well, too, if you guys are going to want to go watch Sarah and support her VA business as well, too. So thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, then please hit subscribe. And remember, you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are capable. Until next time, Rebels.